Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hey, guys. You might have thought we wouldn't have anything to talk about this time, but we've got episode 46 up our sleeve. If you missed our last episode, you should really check it out when the gang and I talked about Modest Mouse, Brian's favorite band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Please send Brian all of your Modest Mouse autographs and gear and everything else that you love about them because he would gladly display it on his wall at home. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a good farm for all that stuff. <laughs> also, make sure to DM him your favorite videos and anything of that nature into his uh, Facebook account <sighs> or Google you guys or really wherever you feel like. With friends like you guys, I tell you. <laughs> well, you can find that and all our past episodes at www.datingourselvespodcast.com, on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. In fact, you should really head over to the website to listen to everything we've ever recorded. you got to catch them all. It's funny you should say that, because we're actually covering something else that you need to catch all of. Foul balls? Only at Cubs games. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Gnarly ways, brah. Nah, dude. Wait a minute, I think I remember. Aren't we talking about Pokemon this week? Uh, I hoped you would remember. I mean, this is your topic. You picked it. Uh, I'm going to need a minute, guys. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wikipedia! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Thank God for the internet. All right, well, thankfully, I will have some help this week. We have our special guest, Amanda, here today to chat with us about Pokemon video games, versions red, blue, and yellow. Amanda, thank you for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your interest in Pokemon, and any other 80s, 90s, or early 2000s topics that you dig. You dig? <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's, yep, it's Amanda. Hi, so Amanda. I went to school... With Brian at Michigan State. Go <laughs> green. <laughs> and I grew up with the Pokemon games in my early childhood and played them with my brothers uh, and watched all of the anime and did the trading cards, all of that. Um, and other things that I like about the genre, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, um, it's R&B music like TLC, Salt and Peppa. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Beanie Babies, Pogs, wow. some more girly things. Those are some great topics. I can't believe we haven't talked about Beanie Babies or Pogs yet, guys. Yeah. No, I can't wait to talk about Pogs. Oh, Beanie Babies. What a waste of money. <laughs> Seriously. So. Hey, you take that back. Those are cherished. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> also, some more girly things like uh, butterfly hair clips chokers wearing gel pen as eyeliner <laughs> just gel pens in general <laughs> uh, yeah fun stuff so, so speaking of uh chokers th those apparently are starting to come around again oh like, 90 I've, I've stuff seen... in general is yeah <laughs> the grunge look yep, yep yep i've noticed that and i've noticed the chokers again i <laughs> first time it hit me i was like wow that is not anything i ever thought i would see again <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've said that while standing next to you. <laughs> Were you looking at him? That's the question. <laughs> Never thought I'd see that again. <laughs> we really appreciate our listeners' support, and we'd like to share some kind words left by one of those listeners on iTunes about our show. If you'd like to leave us a five-star written review on iTunes or any other podcasting platform, we would definitely love to read it on air as a way to say thank you. So here's this week's five-star review. It's from your good friend, Bill. Oh. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, Bill. Right, rock on. Also... Bill has a podcast you should also check out that you can visit visit over at ZossFilmsPodcast.com. But on to his review. <laughs> Tons of fun. Love the show so much. I look forward to every episode while at work and love your social media so much. Thank you. We steal it from you. <laughs> a lot of times that's true. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You guys provide a great nostalgia feeling with every episode. All of the hosts are fun and engaging with every topic. 
Keep up all the great work. Looking forward to the fun topics to come in the future. Click here to join the hair club for men. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry sorry to burst your bubble, Bill, but we don't actually have any fun topics coming in the future. We've decided to go with a darker route. If I click here, I get a discount. (laughs) But I have to act in the next 15 minutes. All right. Well, while Paul's taking care of that, we will want to thank our good friend, Bill. Five-star reviews are always encouraged, and be sure to tell your friends about Dating Ourselves podcast. All right. Well, let's get this party started, just like the Black Eyed Peas said. (laughs) As previously mentioned this week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on the first three Pokemon games, a topic submitted to us by Amanda G. of Ionia County. Wait a second. Amanda G. Amanda, is that you? Mm, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Works out, I guess. Well, remember, we're going to pick uh, the next episode's topic at the end of the show. It's going to be Nostalgia Combat. Nostalgia Combat! That's right. Me and the WB channel against Paul and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We'll also visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, to get another topic for Adam. So, Adam, tell us about them Pokemans. So today we're going to be talking about Pokemon, specifically the first versions to hit the United States, which were red, blue, and then the special edition yellow version. Uh, So the uh, original games came out in the United States in the late 90s. Uh, The two original versions in the United States were Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue, Uh which differed slightly from the original Japanese versions which came out about two years previously to that which were red and green Um, and actually they kind of went with that a few years later when they remade those two games for the uh, Game Boy Advance they called it Fire Red and Leaf Green so they kind Mm -hmm. of uh, went back and uh, paid homage to the original Japanese versions but uh, for all intents and purposes the games were identical there were some different pokemon that you could get from one game or the other there like there was some crossover that you know there were some that weren't in one version of the game uh, or the other so that was the main difference encouraged trading yes correct yep that was huge too like having the trading cable like you had to have oh, the cable yeah. and you had to know and some the battle of- yep oh yeah yep but, yep. like, like, the trading and everything was so important because, um, like, Electabuzz, for example, was only in one of the versions. I want to say Blue, maybe? I'd have to look that up. That sounds where, right. Where, like, Moltar, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, like, his equivalent, but the fire version, you could only get in the other other copy. And so in order to get both on, like, one account, you had to know someone with the opposite mm-hmm. game and be able to trade. Same thing with the Weedle and Caterpie. Oh, Evolution. yeah. Like, those, yeah. like... Because that was a big one, especially when you first start, like, you notice that there's only one of that in blue and then the opposite in red. Yeah, I forgot right. about that. Mm. Yep. Uh, you had to have the game link cable if you wanted to catch all of the original Pokemon. Uh, do you guys remember how many were in that? Seven. <laughs> 150. <laughs> 150, good. Yeah. Um, and there it was, was 151, one. but it was a secret. This is true. Uh, there, there <laughs> were 150. There were 151 total. The Pokedex only originally consisted of 150. But do you guys remember who you could get? Reptile. Oh, that's Mortal Kombat. Never mind. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Mew, right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. And uh, in order to do so, you actually had to exploit a very specific glitch in the game in order to get him. It was the only way to get uh, what they eventually would refer to as legendary Pokemon. That uh, was something that was not included in the original Pokemon games. Uh, They Mm. didn't have any of the the legendary uh, characters in the original uh, iterations of the game. You mean the Japanese version? No, like the the American version too. No, they had like the um, the birds, legendary birds, like Zapdos and yeah. Articuno and whatever. Well, the internet lied to me then. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure. <laughs> and yeah, you have to do the glitch. You have to do the glitch so you can um get ninety nine master balls. So you can get oh, all yeah. the birds, and then you can get the you know the other Mew or. Okay. I never was able to do it. Yeah, I've, I've never even seen Mew in the game. I've only ever seen him on, like, YouTube videos. So I just learned today, and I was very sad, because I always thought you had to defeat the Elite Four, like, a thousand times in order to get Mew. I mean, the when Mew first came out, he was always in the game, but they did, like, a special distribution, and they wanted you to, like, go into, like, GameStop or Target, hmm. and then they had centers that you could set up and trade or you could do the Came Shark cheat code, but there were rumors, like Area 51 level rumors, where it's like, oh man, you just got to do this like a thousand mm-hmm. times and then you'll be able to capture it. Until today, I never knew that beating the Elite Four a thousand times did not get you mute. <laughs> and I'm sad because I probably wasted a full week of my life. I don't know how many times I actually did it, but I tried. A whole week or a uh, or a whole summer? <laughs> mm-hmm. You would have to get to a certain area using a one of your bird Pokemon. You had to get to uh, like a specific house, and then you had to uh, go like to the kid who had the slow poke. You had to go like have a certain kind of Pokemon that could fly, uh, and then you had to press start. Oh my goodness! So it was like a an Easter egg or whatever. Oh called. yeah, for sure. Yep. It almost kind of sounds like. Uh... In the Hobbit, where you find the entrance to uh, <laughs> <what> is, oh yes, <laughs> to the mountain, <laughs> the Speak lonely mountain. Friend. Yeah, you had to wait for the thrush to knock thrice or something, and the shadow <laughs> will hit the rock at a certain angle or whatever. That's oh yeah. Yep. So before we get into all the secrets and all the things you can unlock and exploit in the game, I think we should probably set up. I can't imagine there's somebody out there that's listening to our show right now that's never played or seen Pokemon, but. So the the game was released on the Game Boy, and the idea of it was like you were a kid in some fantasy land, and the idea is to catch these animals, these make-believe creatures, although they may be real. Well, we, don't, we don't really know. Um, there, There's one important piece that you're missing there, though. Oh, please. Uh, like the, Go ahead. The, the reason that you are going out to catch these little uh, animals, creatures, whatever you want to call them, is uh, because you run into a professor by the name of Professor Oak, I guess for scientific research, maybe once yeah. like information on all. Yeah, he wants you to fill in the Pokedex. He just he like created the Pokedex, and he's like, "That's hey, right. You f- should fill it for me." <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do all the work, child year old. labor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> At its finest. But I got to work so, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically tells Ash, uh, or whatever you're in the anime series, it was Ash in the game. You could name it whatever you wanted to, but tells your character to go and collect the data on all of the Pokemon in order to fill up this Pokedex. And like all parents of 12-year-old kids, Ash's mom was like, or Ash went to his mom and was like, hey, I'm going to take this and just go away for a while and I'll be back in a couple of years when I've collected all 150 Pokemon. And she was like, okay, bring clean underwear. (laughs) My baby's growing up. Get the hell out of my house. (laughs) You're 12 years old already. It's time to be a man. Go out on your own. That's right. (laughs) Changes locks. (laughs) So when you start out the game, there are three Pokemon you get to choose from. This is another reason that connector cable we talked about earlier is so incredibly valuable. Is each of those three Pokemon, there's one that's called Bulbasaur, who is a um, a grass-type Pokemon. There is Squirtle, that is a water-type Pokemon. And then there's Charmander, who is a fire-type Pokemon. So each of them have their own different strengths and their own different weaknesses. And all three of them each can evolve two more times into better, stronger, more, um, you know, difficult to beat Pokemon. As soon as you choose one, that's the one that you get no matter what. Um, so you can't get the other six essentially because the two evolve. What really sucks is your rival gets the other one that works yes. harder against you or uh, has the advantage over right. yours. Right. So you're... It's like rock, you're... paper, scissors. <laughs> basically, exactly. basically. 
Yep, so, and then you, you start out right away by having a Pokemon battle, which they're low level, and as uh, Amanda just mentioned, it's always the one that's better against your type. So if you get water, they're going to pick the fire and so on and so forth. So other, other way it, around, other way around. Yeah, other way around. <laughs> so if you pick fire, Gary is going to pick water. You're right. Yeah. right. And, and if we're talking about yellow... You are automatically going to get Pikachu, which is, yeah. you know, good. And he's going to follow you around. And then uh, Gary, or whatever his name is in that one, is uh, going to get Eevee, which I was always insanely jealous about because I love Eevee. <laughs> Eevee is by far and away the cutest Pokemon that's ever been created. Yes. and it has so many evolutions. <laughs> it so. does. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, they had uh, actually kind of going along with that. So Pokemon Yellow, uh, which is what they were referring to there, Pokemon Yellow was a special edition version of the game that came out a couple years after the original did. And it was meant to uh, kind of pick up on the popularity of the anime show. So the big changes from the red and blue version to yellow were that you had one was the fact that all of the sprites in the game were changed to look more like the anime characters. So you actually had like the Team Rocket characters looked like the Team Rocket characters from the show. Uh, you had, like, Brock and... Uh, Misty. Who's the girl? Misty. Misty. Yeah. Misty. Misty and Ash and stuff like that. So it made it look more like the anime to uh, really kind of capitalize on how popular the show was at the time. And then, as they alluded to just a minute ago, the other big thing is that instead of getting... A choice, Professor Oak gives you a Pikachu that he had just caught. Um, again, making it more like the anime because that was Ash's first Pokemon in the anime series was Pikachu. Uh, so it, it kind of tied it more into what was going on in the pop culture aspect of Pokemon at that time. And Pikachu follows you in the game. Um, yes. And you have to like make Pikachu love you. <laughs> and he doesn't evolve either. In that game. Right, just like in the show, he refuses to evolve to his next evolution. Um, and that's a that's another important difference there. So when you're walking around in red and blue, it's just your avatar that's walking around. In yellow, you actually have the Pikachu following you around, just like in the TV show, right. the anime series, where Pikachu was always out of his Pokeball and, and actually with Ash when he's traveling. Right. Yellow is optimized for Game Boy Color too, correct? Yeah. That's correct, yep. Not that there was much difference between color and black and white Game Boy. <laughs> not too no, much, not no. Really. I, had, I started off with, like, the brick gray Game Boy. Oh, yeah, me too. And um, I'm sure we still have them somewhere. <laughs> and then when we got the yellow, we got the... Game Boy Colors, and we had all the adapters and stuff for uh, uh, batteries, like where you could like oh, just yeah. a rechargeable back in it and everything. Oh yeah, it was really neat. Just like Brian's Transformer one with the big like zoom screen and the lights. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, I had that too. Yeah. I had that too. Like the fold out. So you can play thing. in the dark. Yep, yep. And it had like with the because the gray didn't have backlight, did it? It did not. No, no. no. Yeah, that was a new addition to the color. I believe was yeah. The, backlight we also had the insert that went into the super nintendo where you can put in oh the game super boy games. the super game boy yeah I, that was awesome. I never saw one of those in real life until michigan state um one of my old uh i guess i guess he's technically a roommate but it was someone that was subleasing from one of my roommates over the summer had one and of course that's what we did was we played pokemon on like this mm-hmm. giant giant tv um i mean it was probably like 48 inches you know, across, but also 48 inches deep, one of those old school TVs. Um, oh, gosh. It's as play, big the, as your head. The yeah. ones that weigh 400 pounds. And each pixel's you, like the size of a dime. <laughs> you get such You just left stuff. it in your dorm room when you moved out because there was no way in hell that was going home oh, with you. That's a four-man <laughs> oh, lift. Sure. Down three flights no, of stairs. We, we just had a TV like that in the basement, right, like literally right behind where I'm sitting right now. And it took... Like, it's been down here for probably 15 years at this point, and it literally took us bashing the frame off of it, like the casing off of it, and then we loaded the entire 
like assembly in there, like the metal casing, all of the components, yeah. the screen and all that. We loaded that onto a dolly and it took us like three people to carry it up a flight of stairs. That was miserable. That does that does sound <laughs> and, miserable. And mind you, that was like a thirty something inch TV and it probably weighed three hundred pounds. Oh, easily. Easily. Those things were so heavy, especially if it had like the wood sides. Those get insanely heavy. Oh yeah. Um, yep. But going back to Pokemon real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why would we go back to that? <laughs> I always thought that it was ingenious. Um, at, at the time, like when I was like 12 or whatever, I was always so irritated that the TV show, he's got Pikachu. And the whole idea was he like overslept, right? And so all the other good Pokemon mm-hmm. were taken. So yep. all that's left is this one that won't go in his ball. Um, but I thought, you know, as I get older, that was genius on their part because had they had him pick Squirtle, then everybody would always pick Squirtle yeah. as their starting Pokemon because everyone wants to be yep. like Ash. So the fact that they yep. picked a Pokemon that was one, adorable, and two, not one that you could otherwise start out with in the game, I thought was a pretty good marketing um, idea on mm-hmm. their end. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you know, like you said, that would really hamper the popularity of any of the other char- characters. If they just right away gave the most popular character in the game to you. And I think it was critical that they picked Pikachu, too. Because had they picked, like, Zubat or something like that? Like, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, they, yeah, they knew what they were doing with that. They yeah. knew that that was So what was be... your favorite starter? Uh, oh, my gosh. I think the, the longest game that I played where I got, like, 100 and... I think I got all 150 on that particular take i started with squirtle so oh that was my starter too yeah nice. i like that he could surf so i i kept him i liked uh forever. squirtle squad oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i was a um charizard person myself mm-hmm. nice nice that's a hard one to do in the yeah. game because of the first boss with brock and everything rock type yeah not easy no. They say no. Uh, Bulbasaur is the easiest. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because now I just need to like, replay it. <laughs> yeah, I replayed it when Pokemon Go came out, or like right before it came out. I played it, um, my old my old school, like not my brick, but my um, <laughs> advance. And I even have the same game. And it even says my last name scribbled on the back of it. <laughs> um, if lost, call I, this number. <laughs> um, and I played like through like the walkthroughs because I wanted to play like every inch of it. Oh, nice. And I played it in 24 hours and beat it. Like, nice. Of gameplay. Wow. Of gameplay. Brilliant idea for a YouTube video, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you have any ads yeah, to be in like, that damn video? <laughs> do you remember those books you could buy? Because I remember having one of those those books where it would have run through of like oh. all like the hidden stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The strategy guys. Those were so cool, yeah. Oh my gosh. And now you just look it up online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a fanatic of the the strategy guides, IGN.com with their walkthroughs, mm-hmm. all that. Because I always wanted to find like the secret stuff in the games. Yeah, like and not yeah. just for Pokemon too. Like any games I played, I always wanted to find like the cool little f- hidden features. Mm-hmm. Secretly, I would always go over to Adam's house whenever a new game came out because Adam always bought the strategy guide from yep. Blockbuster, <laughs> yep. and I would come and over with a it? legal pad and I would just write down everything. <laughs> In fact, I think from like fourth to fifth grade that was the biggest key in my penmanship getting better was writing down all the crap from the strategy guide that i borrowed from adam and adam and i still legible. have your golden eye strategy guide that i never returned do you really i That's was wondering so where the hell man i still have it those are That's fighting cool. words i used to bring i remember i used to bring that to our fifth grade class and, like, read it whenever we had reading time or whatever and figure out, okay, <laughs> like, how do I beat Frigate today? Yeah. <laughs> how do you get, like, the golden gun as an accessible weapon? There's got to be a way. Um, <laughs> how, how do I get uh, odd job? I, w- I want to kill people with my hat. Dang it. <laughs> so in, in Pokemon, there was that hack or secret, like, on Cinnabar Island where you go up and down. You swim yeah. up and down it, and then I think it was like 
correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, like, like the sixth item in your bag gets 99 of them. Like people used to say, I oh, it's like infinity, but that. it's like yeah. 99. That's what you had to do to get like 99 Master Balls. I, I oh, vaguely remember okay. that because I remember people would do that with like rare candy too. Because what rare candy was is it would like make your mm-hmm. Pokemon evolve one. No, you're right. You're right. Yep, uh, it would level up one level, which would get you closer to evolution. So and I can't remember. It's called like missing number, and it's all like yes. A, it looks like a glitch. Or yep. It, yeah, yeah, it looks like you're. It looks like you're fighting a like a glitch, mm-hmm. and it yeah the it was like. Did you have to catch it or just beat I, it? You know, I was just reading th- that about that a little bit ago, and I now I can't I think remember. You had to, like catch it. I yeah, I, I think you're I right. All about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll, let me see. We'll we'll keep talking, and I'll see if I can find that because <laughs> I know I was it. just reading <laughs> about it. So so one of the other things that was important about the game too, you know, we kind of went with the story of oh, okay, you gotta. You know, you got to go and catch all the Pokemon or, or get all the Pokemon in your Pokedex and stuff like that. Uh, but the other thing, too, is that you were trying to become the best Pokemon trainer in the mm-hmm. world. And so what it required you to do to in order to do that was fight your uh, Pokemon against different trainers. And there right. would be gyms that you could go to and there would be uh, multiple people that you'd have to fight in there different trainers and then there would always be like a gym champion and then once you beat the gym champion you became the gym champion and you could uh that would sometimes unlock regions other times it would just unlock like uh like the more of the story or whatever or the Uh, next gym or the next gym yeah yeah and so Uh, that was a really big thing was being able to like go to these gyms and, and show that you had the ability to be able to beat these trainers and that's how you kind of proved yourself and leveled up and all that in the game. And then once you get through all of the the gym leaders, you go to the Elite Four. Which Correct. Which is like, yeah. And they were like yeah. the, the top um, trainers in the entire Pokemon world. Now, I the, the, there's a lot of strategy that goes into picking your Pokemon too because you think, well, if I have 150 of them, I mean, how hard can it be? But you could only play, what, six at a time, right? Like right. that's all you and, could actually carry on you, and the rest of them would be like stored somewhere, right? Is that and and yeah, yeah, With and, Professor Oak, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd have to send them to Professor Oak's lab at the uh, at one of the Pokemarts or whatever. Um, but one of the other things that's important to that that we kind of touched on but haven't really discussed is the different types of Pokemon. So we talked about when you're picking your first three Pokemon, there's fire, grass, and water. Uh, but there's also, like, ghost Pokemon. There's, um... What were the other ones? Well, there's uh, electric. Uh, yep. Psychic. Electric. Fighting. Psychic. Ground, fighting. Flying. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Flying. There's dragon, which was pretty rare, but... Right. Fairy. Yep. So the reason that this is important is because... As we mentioned earlier when we were talking about that first battle where uh, your rival always picks the one that is like the one perfectly suited to be better than yours is the fact that all of these different uh, types have different strengths and weaknesses. And because of that, like they mentioned, when you're going and facing these trainers, you have to be very careful about which ones you picked. Because, as Brian said, you only get six. But also, you don't get to change your Pokemon in between battles. So, especially with the... Because it's pretty straightforward. Like, when you were at one gym, it would be pretty much all water Pokemon. So you knew which ones you had to go with to beat them. Bring electric, because they're better against water. Don't bring fire, because you'll get your ass kicked. Right. (laughs) Right. But when you get to the Elite Four they have all sorts so you really have to be strategic about how and you to have be- to beat all four in a row yes you can't like go heal and come back right, right. yeah it, so your pokemon are like any damage they take carries over to the next battles so it really was a a, a strategy uh, to that point like you really yeah. had to know okay, you know, this is my best Pokemon in this one, and this is my best Pokemon in here. And you had to be careful, because if you lose that Pokemon, uh, like, say it's a, you know, fire type, 
and then you go up against a ground or rock or whatever, like Gollum and all that were, then that was going to be really difficult because, you know, what do you do? Like, who do you fight against them? The, the other thing that was kind of strategic about it, too, is that there were different abilities that your different Pokemon could potentially learn. So obviously there was attacks that they could use in battle because that's part of the Pokemon training is you go head to head against one another in these battles. But like Amanda was talking about earlier, there, there's opportunities where you would surf around in the water or you would dig mm-hmm. underneath like a rock structure. Or it you, was like cut, dig, um, fly, swim, flies one, right? fly. Yep. Um, Wasn't wind one? Mm, well, I don't think that was. There's like a T, a TM, like a. Oh yeah, yeah. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like there were some that were that actually did things in the game. So like there would have like a plant and it'd be in your way, and yep. the only way to get around it would be to have a Pokemon that is able to know cut and right. you cut it. Or I think one was like shove. And it would sh- or move, yeah. and it would shove a rock. Yep. Um, and then there's fly, so like Pidgey, Pidgeotto, or whatever. Yep. Could fly you to another region of Kanto, um, and then swim, so you could surf around in the water and get to islands and get water Pokemon. And mm-hmm. yeah, there was a few. Their flash, another one was flash, oh, yeah. so you could see in the dark. Yeah, so, like, that would have been, like, Pikachu in those, right? Where they had, like, electricity would be the Flash ones, I think. I think so, yeah. And that could also be used as a move in battle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all of those, yeah, all of those those moves can be used in battle. cut and dig and all of those could be used, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's it's crazy because, I mean, if, if you were, like, I don't know, our age now in, like, the mid to late 90s when all this stuff was coming out it literally looked like a kid's game like it literally looked like it's basically electronic make-believe beanie babies but when you like actually sit down and play it and like look at it it's there's math it's incredibly (laughs) involved it's incredibly involved um (laughs) yep so uh real quick i did just go back and find uh the stuff about the missing number one uh you were correct amanda it's the sixth item of your uh item pack yeah Yeah. uh and it would go to above 128 oh really i thought it was like 99 or something the the only reason it was 128 it said is because the uh bit used to keep track of whether the missing number had been caught uh is also part of the bite used to track the quantity of the sixth item so it just like you know the size of bits it was 128 so it's just computer mumbo jumbo that made it that way <laughs> did you have to catch it um it says that uh let's see the party's computer screen it doesn't seem to say about that it's it seems like you just had to encounter it i don't see anything the missing number is hmm. a chance if a player character has it yet viewed the empty Pokedex subject. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I don't see anything specifically about having to catch them or just uh, actually encounter them. Interesting. But yeah, anyway, so going back to <laughs> the game. Big gulps, alright. Big gulps, alright. So uh, going back to the game and uh, all that, so... Uh, it once you completed it, you could re-go through, and I I can't remember. Could you keep the any of the Pokemon, or did you have to like completely restart at that point? Oh no! You, you got... after the Elite Four, you can keep going. Yeah, you, you can keep going. Oh, that's but, right. Like, at yeah. the, when you when you beat the Elite Four, though, it kind of goes through all the credits, and you have to like sit yeah. through all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think the first time I beat the game, I only had like sixty or seventy of the hundred and fifty that you could potentially get. Because um, I like rushed I through Safari Island or whatever. Safari Island was, or Safari Zone, is or... such a hard area. Yeah, it's Safari Zone is such a hard area. At least it was for me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's really tough unless you already had all those Master Balls. So, in order to catch Pokemon, once again, for anyone who's never played the game, which I can't believe is anybody, but in case there is, um, <laughs> you would have to injure this other Pokemon in battle in the wild. So you couldn't take a trainer's Pokemon. So if it was a battle between trainers in a gym, you couldn't, 
you couldn't take their Pokemon. But if in the wild you encountered, let's say, I don't know, uh, a Ratatat, you could, you could hurt that thing until near death. If you killed it, then, then you're screwed. But you would get it so its its hit points would be far enough down that you could then throw a Pokeball at it and then hope that it wouldn't break out of it. Now, there was different levels of Pokeball. Um, I can't remember all of them, but the top one was the Master Ball, and basically nothing could break out of that no matter what. Um, and, mm-hmm. you, and you needed that to catch, like, legendary Pokemon or, like, in Safari Zone, there was a lot of super rare Pokemon, like um Kangaskhan and Taurus and in Safari Zone you couldn't use the other Pokeballs. Oh you're you right. You're right. Safari you had to use the balls. Safari balls. That's you're why right. It was so difficult. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Um yeah, so that would be really challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and you only get like five? I don't know. It was like I remember it was being a low number and you have to pay to get in or something. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. And that's where you get like Taurus and yeah. Kangaskhan. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of super rare ones there. There's a lot of other Pokemon, too, that you can't find in the wild that you can only get, like, in certain, like, key points mm, in the Eevee's. game. So, Eevee's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. One of the, I think, probably the most useless Pokemon in the whole damn game is Farfetch'd. It's like this duck. <laughs> and you, you can't... have to, like, trade to get it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like... <laughs> and then Mr. Mime, too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, Jinx. Was... And Jinx, I think, too. Yep. Um, and then there's other ones where you have to like make a choice. So, um, for example, the fossil ones, I can't remember what they're called mm-hmm. now, but there's two different fossil ones. One is like a Nautilus and one is like a crab. And mm-hmm. you, oh, yeah. you basically pick one or the other. I can't remember their names now, but you can't go back and Kabuto? get the... That sounds right. Kabuto, I think is the crab. And I can't remember what the other one is. Um, oh man. I know, it's gonna, <laughs> this is going to kill me. Um, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. Omastar. Yeah, almost star. Yep. Yep. And, and, and when you yep. have Eevee and you evolve it, you have to pick which one it's going to evolve to with um, the stones. Yeah. So there's certain Pokemon that evolve with, you know, Moonstone or or uh, Sunstone. I think I can't remember what they're all called. Yeah. So there was like v- Vaporeon mm-hmm. was the water one. Flareon. Flareon was the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, then- I don't. Jolteon? And Jolteon, Jolteon, yeah, that's it. Yep. Was Jolteon, the electric. Yep. yep. And then, you know, throughout the other games, there was, like, so many more. Oh, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure. Yeah, those were the main. Oh, and then... The... But you couldn't have all of them because you only get one Eevee from some guy in a mm-hmm. tall building. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Do you guys remember which one you went with? Did you go with... I think I always did Vaporeon. I think I did, too. No, actually, you know what? I think I did Flareon once. Or twice, but yeah, I usually went with Vaporeon. I don't remember. It was always an emotional decision. It, it definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> Vaporeon was Vaporeon kind of creeped me out though because it was like a horse, or I'm sorry, like a fox looking thing, but it well, also had like because it was a water version it had of a it, fin. it had like a fin and was very like marine looking. It mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out. It was like so, it was like a fish with legs, basically. <laughs> it's it, as it if definitely the, uh, sketched me it's out. It's as if the creature from the Black Lagoon had a dog. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it would be a Vaporeon. The, 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 the good so I always boy thought it was like Black a centaur. Lagoon. It was kind of like you know, like you have a centaur or a mermaid, but mm-hmm. it was a fox um, instead of a person. That's kind of how I fox. always yeah, yeah mermaid fox. Interesting. The other one that was always really tough um, were the two best fighting Pokemon in the game were Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee. Yes. Mm -hmm. Once again, you could only pick one or the other. So Hitmon, I want to say Hitmonchan was the boxer and then Hitmonlee was the, like the kickboxer. So one could only punch, the other one could only kick, but they were both super badass. Um, How did you evolve those? I can't remember. I don't think they did in the original games. To... Oh, you just got to pick one. Yeah, you could just pick one or oh, the yeah, other. Oh, yeah, yep. You're right, you're yep. right. Yeah. I was just like, how do you get those again? <laughs> <laughs> and I think in the, the first versions, the red and blue, the only uh, sexed Pokemons or gendered Pokemons, or I don't know, it's 2019, pick whatever word you want. <laughs> but um, I think we're the Nidorans, right? 
So you had yeah. So both started as Nidoran, but then they would evolve. And then Nidorina. Yep. And Nidoran no or something. And then Nido Nido King and Nido, Nido Queen. King and Queen. Yep. And I think both of them required a stone or a trade or something like no, that. No, I don't think so. I don't remember now. Isn't that where the sapphires came in? I feel mm. like I think like you did need a stone to evolve them. I can't remember now. I think just the the gender was the one that it evolved to. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Be. Gotcha. Uh, besides the starting Pokemon, besides the you know the different evolutions that we've talked about and stuff like that. What are some of your favorite Pokemon to use? Like that in the game, it could be ones that you. Uh, were given it could be ones that you had like found in the wild whatever my powerhouses were always alakazam and charizard Mm. if i had those two on my like six um i would dominate nice (laughs) at least i felt like i did (laughs) (laughs) i was always a big fan of charmander charizard and i think that's because when they introduced charizard in the tv show where you know there was the abandoned charizard in the beginning of the series and they were trying to keep him warm so his oh, tail light charmander wouldn't go out. yeah and uh you know who didn't who didn't cry at the baby <laughs> charmander when they were you know trying to save his life yeah yeah that's true brian there's so many good ones that i used to use um uh, I, I always really enjoyed, um, oh my gosh, this is like an X-Files moment all over again. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, I think that probably my favorites were, so I always use Squirtle, War Turtle, Blastoise, um, typically mm-hmm. as my starter. So I always had the water end covered. Um, so a lot of times for like fire, I usually used Arcanine. Um, I always really liked him. He was pretty- Volpix. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vulpix was so so cute. It's so pretty. Um, (laughs) And then uh, I I also really liked using um, Cubone and Marowak. Those were always my good go-to for dig and things like that. Um, Fighting, too. Fighting, yeah. Um, And then I I always liked Machamp, too. The first holographic Pokemon card that I ever got in a pack was a Machamp. And so I always really liked using him in the game, even though he's like... Not necessarily the best of the high, highly evolved characters. I always liked using him. Um, but yeah, and I usually got Zapdos as well, so I would have Electric and uh, and Flying in, in one character. There you go. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Uh, well, the one that I always used as like my big powerhouse was Onyx. I don't know why. But I was always really good with Onyx, especially once I got it leveled up really high. Like, I just feel like, I guess the ground Pokemon I was always really good with, and then that one in particular was pretty powerful once you got it. He's kind of a badass, too. I mean, like a giant, like, rock python. That's pretty cool. He did, like, steel-type stuff, too, right? Or am I thinking his evolution? I forget. Like, in the later season it's it's been unfortunately way too long since i've (laughs) played any of these games (laughs) so uh onyx was always one of my favorites i loved obviously in yellow when you could get pikachu uh that -hmm. was up there uh in there um trying to remember if there's any other ones in particular that i i guess uh i know we just talked about it hitmonchan or hitmonlee whichever one was the kicking one I think that's Hitmonlee, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, So I was always really good with that one, too. I can't remember any of the others off the top of my head that I used. I mean, it's legit been probably 20 years since I, like, consistently played these games. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I only got through the first generation of Pokemon, like Red, Blue, Yellow. Never played any of the other games after that. Yeah, I didn't... um play them fully like i would start but not really get too in depth in it yeah Mm -hmm. you know a thing called puberty happened and (laughs) (laughs) and i wasn't too i wasn't too worried about pokemon anymore (laughs) right right (laughs) what was i gonna say puberty got me distracted um (laughs) so many bad memories so many bad memories no it's okay um i'll think of it 
Come back to me. Come back to me. So there was also a Game Boy game that was the cards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you guys ever play that? No. No. You just played the cards, but on I the Game I, Boy. <laughs> I think I might have rented that from Blockbuster. And that right there is a real dating ourselves. Yes. Blockbuster. I, I, <laughs> I went and rented a Game Boy cartridge from Blockbuster. So I did remember what I was going to say now, and it has to do with what Amanda just said, is that there was a whole bunch of spin-off games of Pokemon. Oh. So I've played all of those. I never played like the Silver or any of that stuff, oh, but yeah. like I definitely played Pokemon Snap, which is like you are basically oh, like in a little Oh yeah, where you took cart. the pictures. I think yeah. I played that with you, Brian. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I and think then, there uh, was actually a... If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure I saw that there's a petition to upscale that game and bring it to the new Nintendo system. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, heck yeah. Or then you do it on the phone, because you could just snap oh, pictures with your... For that, sure. You know? That would be really cool. Um, They also had uh, Pikachu Pinball. Oh, yes. yeah. Yep. I played way too much Pokemon <laughs> Pinball. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Stadium. Yep. That was another yes. one. Yes. I don't know if I remember that. What is that? It that was, was for the Nintendo sixty four. It was basically just the it was just the gym battles, basically. Yes. There was no huh. there was no RPG aspect at all to the game. It was just okay. you pick six but Pokemon. It came with an adapter and you oh, could plug yeah. your Game Boy cartridge into the controller where the rumble pack went and you could actually <gasps> battle with your pack. <laughs> You oh. could battle with your Pokemon. Yeah, I so didn't you know could that. Use, That's awesome. So you could use the stock Pokemon that were on the game, or like Paul said, you could upload your own Pokemon to the game from your Game Boy. Um, and it's like, so if you know Alakazam was was your your big powerhouse, you could literally load in your level one hundred while everyone else is stuck with like level fifty or whatever because that's what was stock in the game. So mm. it's pretty cool. Um, the it was a Nintendo 64 game, so the like clipping was terrible in the game. Like I don't oh, know how many times you would like accidentally punch through someone's face, like entirely to your elbow <laughs> before the sound effect would happen. Um, you know, just it's amazing. We thought those graphics were so good back then too. But oh, I know it's unbelievable. Like especially the Nintendo 64, and even like the first generation of PlayStation and. Uh, xbox and stuff you go back and look at the graphics and it's like boy i remember these being a lot better back then. yeah <laughs> i remember playing the first tomb raider and laura croft fell like through a glitch into the floor and she was like waist deep in the floor but couldn't get out of it like so i was like stuck and all i could do is run around this room and it was like a like a bottom room and like some tomb with steps leading out and i couldn't use the steps because i couldn't jump out of the floor so that sucked <laughs> big time <laughs> I, I remember floor one of, raider yeah, that's I, right. remember, <laughs> I remember one of the uh first games i remember being like truly blown away by the graphics was madden 2001 for i i'm guessing the playstation 2 at that point could have been yeah. and like i remember playing that on christmas day and it was like oh my god, this is the greatest graphics ever. Like, we'll never get past this. And then just a few years ago, uh, when I was living in Texas, I was with my roommate one night, and we were talking about it. And I was like, oh man, we got to look at the graphics again. Like, you know, find pictures of it or whatever, videos, and, and relive how great it was. And it was like, oh my god, these were horrible. Why did we think they were so good? I know. I mean, the same thing's true, like, with your cable nowadays. Because if you get used to watching the HD channels, and then you go back to watch the regular channel, like, <laughs> the it's the exact same death. show. But it's like, wow, that's... Wow. <laughs> yeah, we just watched, like, a Blu-ray today. And I was like, oh my gosh, you can see the texture. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we need to put on a VHS tape for comparison. Oh, I have a VHS player right next to me, right in this room right now. Of course you do, Brian. <laughs> it's been a uh, contentious point between my wife and I, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so with the games, um, did you guys ever name Gary something funny? Like, I'm sure everyone did, but like calling him like loser or whatever. Gosh, you know I'm saying how you can give, give yourself names and you can give him names. 
I don't remember off the top of my head if I did or not. They have so many I always names named and them stuff your about mom. it. Your mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your mom. Yeah, later it would be like, you beat your mom or you beat so-and-so. Or, you know yeah, mean? butt face, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the butt face. They have so many memes online about that or having your, your Pokemon nicknamed certain things that is just funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what I would have named him. Yeah, one thing that sucked about that is like, you can only have like one save on the... On the Mm -hmm. game. So, like, if someone borrowed your game, they would overwrite your game. Yeah. And you'd have to start all over. See? That's why you just don't have friends, and then they can't do that to you. (laughs) Problem solved. That makes trading hard, though. That is a requirement for trading. (laughs) That that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Outside of red, blue, yellow... They have a whole bunch of other games, but most of those fall outside of the purview of our John or our particular eras and decades. Um, same with a lot of the the TV show. Obviously, was around uh, then, but that's going to be a separate topic, so we won't go too much into that. Um, but that was around at this time, um, and then of course, like the trading card game, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. So. Um, I think we've kind of covered everything important for the game itself. Is there anything any of you guys wanted to add? No. Not all, I think not I... all at once. <laughs> yeah, I, I just had a panic attack there for a second. That long <laughs> silence. I was like, oh my god, did everyone drop? Or like, did something catastrophic yeah, happen? Don't move. He can't see us if we don't move. <laughs> no, you guys actually jogged my memory quite a bit remembering things that I forgot that I remembered. Oh, same. I mean, you were yeah. you were telling me, like, like, I forgot entirely about the little glitch monsters. Entirely. Um, and they were such a yeah. crucial part if you were going to beat the game because you had to find them to to get all mm-hmm. your items stocked up. So mm-hmm. the one last thing I did want to talk about, I guess, um, is the soundtrack is is oh, absolutely yeah. like still carved into my brain forever. And as much <laughs> as it's carved into my brain, my brother-in-law, he'll literally hear one note, like not even in context with anything else and just be like, oh, that's the uh, that's the Pokemon Center, or oh, that's Cerulean City, or oh, like he wow, he just knows wow. instantly, like yep, that's what that is, and like he's not a very musical guy, but he is like a Pokemon music savant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what it is, but he just that is has perfect recall. I had it on as it. a ringtone at one point. Oh really? Oh nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love that specific savantism, though, Brian. Like it's it's not a common one, but when you find just... it, it's... <laughs> oh yeah, th- like this is really off topic. But there's sometimes like someone will put in a movie and just like the beginning, and it's not even like showing the movie. It's just like the, the intro, but with some of the music from the movie. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's something, something, and they're like, how did you know? It hasn't even started yet. <laughs> New Line Cinema. This has got to be Detroit Rock City. Go ahead. Got it. Love it. I remember remember, uh, something like that happening here one time. Uh, Brian was over at my house, and I think he was playing on my computer or something, just like playing through random songs on my iTunes account. And he starts this one, and literally it was one drum beat. And I said, oh, man, I love this song. And he looks and he goes, how did you know what song it was? <laughs> well, you, know, you guys should I'm watch Pokemon on Netflix, because like, the whole first season's on there. I know it's really? not on this topic, but yeah, it's... Um, I'm going to have to go and watch Indigo that. League. Oh, interesting. There's also oh. Pokemon.tv. Which has most of the seasons available for free. You can get it as a phone app or a website. (laughs) And then on the (laughs) new stuff, you have to pay for the most current. But you can get most of the old stuff for free. Nice. That's amazing. Going back to movies and stuff really quick, though. I want to continue this tangent just real quickly. Have you guys ever heard of the Walk of Life Project? No. So Mm -hmm. the Walk of Life Project is a YouTube series where they take the closing segments of, like, really famous movies, and then they play the Walk of Life by Dire Straits at the end. So the (laughs) da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. And, like, it's amazing. Like, they do it at, like, the end of, like, 
Independence Day and The Matrix and Predator <laughs> and, you know, sometimes there's these, like RoboCop <laughs> and all of a sudden it just ends with like the happiest song ever written. <laughs> if you get a chance, you definitely should check it out. Um, Neva and I watched it for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Like rewatch them over and over again. It's, it's so hilarious. We need to do this with Sleepaway Camp right when you watch it. Oh, oh yes, gosh, that'd be funny. Yes, um, we definitely need to do that. There's a there's this movie Amanda called Sleepaway Camp that's supposed to be um, fairly scary, but the ending is supposed to be absolutely like gut curdling, terrifying, it, disturbing. It's, um, <laughs> it stays with you. That's and I've for never sure. seen it, so they want to film my reaction to seeing it for the first time. But in, it, in it, it can only get better if we if we put in the walk of life. So in the great <laughs> words go. in the great words of Rafi from the league, what you've seen you can't unsee, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I will never unsee that ending. Mm. <laughs> I will say that when we talked about that on the podcast, that's the only episode we've ever done where someone called me up after and said, hey, I watched this movie after your recommendation of it, and I can never unsee what you have just shown me, and I hate you for it. Oh, That's, that's the only like direct negative, semi-negative feedback that I've ever gotten about our show. Like, well, you gave them... You gave them due warning, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the whole the segment thing. was, this is a horribly cheesy movie, but it has one of the greatest, most disturbing twist endings of all time. I, I thought Paul hmm. was just blowing smoke when he said that. Um, it truly is one of the craziest endings to a movie I've ever seen, like... You know, you take some of the great, like, twist endings, like The Usual Suspects or... The Sixth Sense or... Sixth Sense or whatever. Like, those are amazing. This one is just so disturbing that it, like, it's... It just stays with you. It's... It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Not that the ending is bad. I'm saying the, the... fact that it stays oh, it's pretty with you. bad <laughs> the, the fact that it stays with you like that is not not good it's it's horrifying for sure imagine watching that when you were 12 years old adam because that's when i saw it oh uh, yeah i don't think that i would have been able to handle so that <laughs> I, I was in i can still close my eyes and see i, I was <laughs> same here i was in my 30s when I watched it, and it still disturbed me uh, way more than any movie has in a long time. So I can't even imagine seeing it when, like, at our at that age, twelve, like, scream scared the living crap out of me to the point where I had like nightmares for weeks after it. So oh, that was uh, one of my favorites then. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so, so good, so good. It, I, like, so it, good. It, it it's it is when you go back and watch it, it is super cheesy, but it's in my favorite like horror film series now. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my top favorite series. Uh, but back then, it's like you know when I was twelve, I didn't get that it was a parody and that it was you know a send up of all the other horror flicks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I just saw these people getting murdered in violent ways, and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't like this. I hate horror films. (laughs) I hate horror films, but I love Scream and like, um, because again, that's in your genre of of nineties. And like, I know what you did last summer and all of those are just like, you know. Well, maybe that'll be the uh, next topic. (laughs) Yeah, nineties horror. (laughs) That could be fun. Put it in the hopper. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Fold it up. Send it our way. That'd be great. What I was just going to say about uh, Scream, though, what was so great about it is each movie got progressively more and more of a send-up until, like, the mm-hmm. last one was basically like a send-up of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like a send-up <laughs> of the Scream series. Like, they were spoofing their own movie series. And mm-hmm. once I, like, understood that more, I was like, this is just, like, this is great. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Jigglypuff, that guy he had some he had some pipes. He could just put you to sleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I guess that wraps up our discussion on the old school Pokemon games. 
<laughs> now, moving on to Nostalgia Compass. Nostalgia Compass! Yes, I have devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will get to leave their chat next week. Paul has the Power Rangers, and Brian has the WB channel. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. 42. All right. <laughs> so, as we talked about earlier, Pokemon Red and Blue were unique in that they had certain Pokemon that you could not get unless you traded for them or, you know, had the right version. You had both Red and Blue or whatever. Between those two games, how many Pokemon were there that were exclusive to either Red or Blue? And this is a total number. So how many were exclusive to Red and Blue together? Mm. All right. So the question is, is how many Pokemon were only in Red and how many were only in Blue combined? Correct. Yeah. So what's the total number of Pokemon that you could only get if you had one version or the other. I'm going to say 20. Okay. Paul? 20? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say 10. Amanda, you want to take a guess too, just for fun? <laughs> no, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the answer's 21. Oh, yeah! Woo! <laughs> Actually, Brian was the closest and was only off by two it's a total of 22 Pokemon no that kidding. were ex- wow. version exclusives. Oh, uh, they were... I misunderstood the question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So uh, the ones that were exclusive to Pokemon Red were Ekans, Arbok, Oddish, Gloom, Villapume, Mankey, Primate, uh, Primate, sorry, Growlithe, Arcanine, Scyther, and Electabuzz. And then blue was Sandshrew, Sandslash, Vulpix, Ninetales, Meowth, Persian, Bellsprout, Weepin' Bell, Victory Bell, Magmar, and Pinsir. Sweet. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Brian will be guiding us through the land of the WB channel next time. I'm the loser. Still has Power Rangers for later. Oh. Well, now we need to go back to the hopper to get Adam a new topic. All right, before we do that, we want to remind all of our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss, you can submit those topics at our website, which is www.datingourselvespodcast.com. So here we go as I'm gearing up the hopper. Um, just a quick reminder, I have three different topics uh, from the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s that I'm going to present to Adam by only telling him what the categories are associated with those topics. He'll let me know which category sounds best, and then I'll tell him the topic. How's that sound, Adam? Sounds stupendous. All right. Um, so you have the options of board game. Food and beverage, or book series. Ooh, ooh, tough choice. Uh, I think. First of all, I think it's been a while, and two, I don't think I've done a board game yet, so I think I'm gonna go with board game. Yeah, I think the last board game we did was Mystery Date, and I think the last time you did yes. a board game, Adam, was Uno in like episode like four or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Because you couldn't do Mad Men the animated series. Um, <laughs> I know. It's um, a shame. So the board game is uh, Guess Who. Oh, awesome. Can you guess who? Do you have a clue? All right. Well, <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the band, the Guess Who, too? Sure, sure. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that wraps up the, this episode of Dating Ourselves. Be sure to check us out in two weeks where I'll be discussing the WB channel and then future episodes where um, Paul will be discussing... Don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, Power Rangers. Go, go and, Power Rangers. <laughs> and Adam will be discussing Guess Who the Board Game. Thanks again for joining us on Dating Ourselves. 
If you like what you heard, there's always more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. And you can check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast at aol.com. We've got mail. Before we move on to the very tail end, I just want to say, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, and thank filling you. filling in all the gaps in our knowledge. Yes, you were, <laughs> you were stupendous as a guest tonight. You were killing oh, it, bringing you. in all the extra information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to come by anytime. Absolutely. You helped keep us on track. I mean, we very well could have ended up talking for screen for another 45 minutes. Or and maybe we did cut too. it in post. You'll never know. All oh, the wonders of editing. Well, in addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Please be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the throwback shit. Ooh, throwback shit. We post additional content on Facebook at facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast, partially supported by your good friend Bill. Um, if you're on Instagram, you can find us at datingourselvespodcast, and we do the Twitter thing too, at datedpodcast. And again, just to echo Paul's sentiments, Thanks again, Amanda. Um, come back anytime. We, we've really enjoyed having you on the show. So, Thanks, guys. Yeah. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been. All right. See you guys. Later, guys. See you. See you.